This is the Nerpersona Podcast, Episode 3. On this episode of the Nerpersona Podcast, we're going to be diving deep into the future of Star Wars, what they have planned for the next couple of years, and I'm going to tell you how you can get Disney Plus for free for a year. All of this and more coming up on this episode of the Nerpersona Podcast. Leia's and George's, welcome back to episode three of the Nerpersona podcast, where today we've got a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Um, I'm just going to go over the outline of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a little bit about Disney Plus and how you can get that for free for an entire year. Uh, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian series that comes out on Tuesday on Disney Plus, which is tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Jedi Fallen Order, which is the latest video game from Electronic Arts that comes out on Thursday. We're going to be talking a little bit about The Rise of Skywalker, which comes out on December 20th or December 19th for the early showings. And we're going to be talking about all of the new Star Wars stuff that may be coming out in the years to come. So let's start out by talking about Disney Plus, shall we? So in order to get Disney Plus for free for an entire year, you have to be a Verizon customer in some way. Um, So according to their website, starting on November 12th, for a limited time, you'll be eligible to get a Disney Plus promotion, whether you have one or more unlimited data plans, um, or you have Verizon 5G home internet. You can also get 12 months of Disney Plus if you have Verizon Fios home internet. Uh, Be sure to check out their website for more details um, on how to redeem that membership. So that's pretty awesome, honestly. That's going to save you about $70 um, for an entire year of entertainment, and it's going to guarantee that you can watch all the new Star Wars shows on day one, which is really exciting, folks. Um, I, I'm super honestly excited. So we, they've also got a lot of Star Wars shows that are coming to Disney Plus. Um, as I've previously mentioned before on this episode of the podcast, um, we're going to be getting The Mandalorian on day of launch. Now, they're not going to be like a Netflix platform. Instead of having the entire season be uploaded to the platform on day one, they are going to be doing episodes on a weekly basis, kind of similar to a cable package, which, in my opinion is a much better way of outlining their streaming service because for them, if they create a season of a show and let's say it's 10 episodes long and they only release one episode every week, that is 10 weeks of entertainment that they have for their subscribers. Whereas a streaming platform like Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, they will create a show and they will release the entire season on a single release date. And the downside to that is that it not only hurts the company, but it also hurts the fans. So how does it hurt the company? Well, it hurts the company because it takes them probably a year to develop a season of a brand new show. And during that course of the year of development, all that they get out of it is a single day's worth of entertainment for the majority of their consumers. Now, how does it hurt the consumer? Well, It's very hard to not get spoilers for some of these people because (laughs) unlike some people, others have jobs 
or they have obligations like being parents and they can't watch the entire season in one night. They can't binge it because they have something the next morning that they have to go do. So what's really bad is that there will be some platforms, mostly on social media, where they will post articles about what happened in a season of a show and then it'll get spoiled for somebody because they read the headline of an article um, because most of them are not spoiler free, which is really it really disappoints me because it forces me to not be on social media until I finish a season of something. So I think Disney Plus is doing a very fantastic job by only releasing episodes on a weekly basis. It definitely prevents spoilers and it allows them to have more entertainment. So um, like I said, we'll have the Mandalorian on launch day. We're going to have the final season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. That comes out in February. That will be, I believe, six episodes long. Pretty exciting stuff. And then... Probably in 2021 is my guess we'll get the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which will be six episodes long. And Ewan McGregor is back to play his role of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which honestly, outside of um, Sir Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, uh, nobody besides Ewan McGregor could play the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi as well as he can. I just think it, he's he's so perfect for that role. So that's very exciting. I, I cannot wait to start watching all of these series starting on Tuesday. So, um, The Mandalorian. We have, I believe, two or three trailers um, that are already out, and most of them are pretty interesting. Um... They definitely don't tell us a whole lot, but they definitely give us this kind of uh, Wild West theme, kind of mixed with Star Wars, which I think is a really interesting aspect, because most of the time in Star Wars, you get this main character who, you know, oh, they've got the Force, and they've got a lightsaber, which is cool, don't get me wrong, I really enjoy that, but I really like the small stories in Star Wars, the, the stories about the characters that you never really see a whole lot of unless you watch a expanded universe show like The Mandalorian. So in that regard, I'm super excited. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the scenes that you see in these trailers um, are very gruesome. Um, it, the Mandalorian himself almost feels like kind of a sheriff of a town, which I, I think is kind of exciting. Um, and we've got actually a really interesting cast. Uh, Pedro Pascal, who is the guy playing the Mandalorian. Um, it, it's still unclear whether he's going to be taking his mask off um, during the season or not. Um, we don't even have a name for the main character. He's just in IMDb, the International Movie Database. He's just titled as the Mandalorian. We have no idea. Um, kind of going through the casting list, we've also got Bill Burr, who is a kind of a comedian, um, but definitely a welcome character on the show. Um, Nick Nolt is also on the show, and Nick Nolt has starred in many different films. Typically, he's a really good bad guy, um, and I think in The Mandalorian, he is also a bad guy. Um, we've got Carl Weathers who played Apollo Creed. He was also himself in Arrested Development. Um, so it, I, I'm really excited to see Carl Weathers acting again because I haven't seen him 
um, do any acting since Arrested Development. So that's that's really exciting for me. We've also got Ming-Na Wen. She is a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I can't remember what her character's name is. What is her character's name? Uh, let's see. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she is Melinda May. Okay, yeah, so that's that's correct. Um, so... I'm, I'm really excited to see her character. I think she's going to be some sort of bounty hunter, um, but the character's name is Fennec Shand. Uh, so that's that's definitely interesting. Um, so I, I also found something. Um, I actually thought about this the other day. There is a book, um, a Star Wars book, that came out a couple years ago called Star Wars Aftermath Life Debt. And inside that book there is a interlude, which is kind of like a side story that interrupts the main story. And they're kind of placed throughout the entire book. But there's this one interlude that talks about a person taking Mandalorian armor on Tatooine. Um, So a a character by the name of Cobb Vanth is introduced in that book. Um, He decides to aid a pompous representative of a mining organization called the Red Key Company named Adwin Charu. So Adwin can't convince these Jawas to allow him to see their rare collection of items that they have stored inside their sand crawler um, until this Cobb character steps in. Um, and so while they're looking through this, this stash of prized possessions, they come across this set of Mandalorian armor um, that's been picked and poked by this uh, kind of acid, which is kind of kind of a hint to Boba Fett being eaten by the Sarlacc. So from this story, you can kind of assume that this is Boba Fett's armor, um, and you can kind of assume that he crawled out of the sand pit and left this armor behind. Um, But what's really interesting about this is that later on in the story, uh, Cobb says, I think I'm going to take this home with me. Um, Adwin says, I don't think so. The blaster at Adwin's hip um, all of a sudden just kind of falls from his hand um, because he didn't have much time to shoot this Cobb character. Um, so so Adwin takes interest in the suit, right? Um, and then a weak way, which is what Hondo Anaka is, he is in the Clone Wars series and the Rebels series, um, named Lorgan Movelin. Um, but Cobb decides to take the armor and appoints himself the Sheriff of Tatooine. Now, here's what's really interesting. One, he's on Tatooine, and the Mandalorian takes place on Tatooine. When you look at the trailers, you're getting these Wild West vibes, and the Mandalorian himself is kind of this blind face character because you can't see him because he doesn't take his mask off. So I'm wondering if this Cobb character, what's his name again? Cobb Vanth. I'm wondering if Cobb Vanth is the Mandalorian. Now there's, there's a little bit of a time jump here because this interlude takes place roughly in five ABY, which is after the battle of Yavin which takes place in episode four. Um, and the Mandalorian takes place in eight ABY. So it is possible that this interlude did not in fact take place in five, AB, five ABY, excuse me, um, but it does take place in 
eight ABY, which would be so cool because it's almost like John Favreau, who's the director. He's also foggy in the Iron Man movies of Marvel. Um, it's almost like he read this excerpt and he's like, let's turn this into a show. This would be so cool. Um, another thing that we can kind of see throughout the trailers is that he starts out with this really rough brown armor. And then kind of throughout the trailer, you can see certain plates on his armor being replaced with this brand new armor. And I'm assuming that as he gains money for whatever jobs that he's taking out, he he's basically rebuilding this armor from the ground up. So that's just a theory that I have. I think it would be really cool if it came true. I won't really know um, until I watch the season. And who knows? Maybe we won't even find out his name in the season. But if he ends up being Cobb Vanth, I'm going to be so excited that I posted this a day before The Mandalorian. And I've got a timestamp on it to say that I had a correct theory. But we will find out about that soon. Um, so I'm going to kind of jump over to the Jedi Fallen Order video game, um, and that comes out on Thursday. You can buy that on Origin, which is Electronic Arts or EA's um, gaming platform, kind of like Steam. Um, you can also buy it on PlayStation, Xbox, not on Nintendo Switch, unfortunately. I don't think it would run it very well. Your Switch would probably blow up if you tried running it. Um, but we've got some interesting cast um, as well. So we've got Forrest Whitaker, who is playing the voice of Saw Gerrera. He is the same actor that played Saw Gerrera in the Rogue One movie um, and the Star Wars Rebels series. So it's really cool to see a returning face uh, coming back. And uh, we have Cameron Monaghan as the voice of Cal Kestis, who is the main character in this story. Cameron Monaghan, for those of you who don't know, is the same actor who plays Joker in the Gotham series on Fox. Um, really cool actor. Um, I'm really excited to see how well he does. And so far, of what I've seen of the gameplay of this game, it looks really interesting. Now, the one thing that I did learn if you watch the very first gameplay that was revealed at the Electronic Entertainment Expo, um, is that he looks really powerful because he's constantly using these force abilities. But actually, that's not how the real game is going to play out. What the developer said is that they actually turned off the, the charge bar, if you will, to use your force abilities for that demo because they wanted to show off all of the different abilities that he had, which I can understand. But at the same time, you're kind of giving off the vibe of a new Force Unleashed game, which Force Unleashed, don't get me wrong, was a really fun game, but I want a new game. And so I, I just want you guys to know that this game is not going to be like Force Unleashed, I don't think. It looks completely different. It's a completely canon story. So if you play it, you may find you may learn something new about the expanded universe. It's canon just like the Battlefront 2 campaign. Um, but it's really cool. I, I like digging into the expanded universe. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's really cool to follow um, these these smaller characters. Like I said, same thing with Mandalorian. These smaller characters are really cool to follow. Um, so let's kind of jump over to the Rise of Skywalker. So we have had... 
three trailers so far. We have had the teaser trailer. We've had the D23 Expo trailer. And we had the final trailer that premiered a couple weeks ago. Um, but through those trailers, we we got a couple different things. So the first thing that I noticed um, is Dark Ray. And I'm sure a lot of people noticed this as well. Ray kind of has this really pale skin. She's got these red eyes. Um, and she's got this double-bladed lightsaber that's got kind of a hinge in the middle of it. Um, so when she goes to fight with two blades, it kind of flips the hinge 180 degrees to make this lightsaber that's kind of similar to Darth Maul's, but it does fold up so that the two blades are right next to each other, which I think is really cool. Um, I don't know what to expect from Dark Ray. Um, I'm kind of hoping, I'm kind of hoping that throughout episode nine, Ray is kind of playing around with um, the different sides of the force. Um, you can you can definitely see it in episode seven and eight. In episode seven, Ray wears a white clothed robe, which symbolizes her on the on the good side, the light side of the force, and just kind of coming to her roots of learning how to be a Jedi, taking her first steps, as Yoda said in her vision. Um, but then you hop over to episode eight, The Last Jedi, and we see that Rey is no longer in these white robes. She's in these gray robes. Now, some of you may not know this, but in in the expanded universe, I believe in the Legends, there was a group of Jedi known as the Gray. And the Grey Jedi were basically the perfect balance between good and dark. They didn't lean to one way or the other. But it was incredibly difficult to maintain that morality for the Grey. Um, so definitely not a lot of people were able to maintain that. But there was a group of people that were able to do it. So, I, I you know, it, it's interesting in episode eight because she's got these forced connections with Kylo Ren, um, which I think is kind of her looking into the dark side, kind of peeking and saying, hey, what's here? What's it, what's so good about the the dark side, you know? And then there's also that that vision that she has in episode eight where she falls into the pit and there's like just a bunch of rays all lined up and they're kind of snapping a bunch of times and she's trying to find out who her parents are. And the movie itself, episode eight, does a really good job of explaining balance. There's a whole scene about it where Ray is kind of sitting on a rock and Luke is behind her um, and saying, you know, what do you see? And she, what do you feel? And she's like, the island, life, death and decay that feeds new life warmth, cold, peace, violence, and between it all, balance and energy, a force inside me, uh, which I think is a really force. powerful quote inside that movie. It's definitely, it's probably my favorite quote of the entire movie because it's just a, such a good job of explaining the morality in Star Wars itself. So I think Ray is kind of playing around with the different sides of the force. So, in episode nine, I'm kind of wondering if Ray is going to finally 
succumb to the dark side for just a little bit and just kind of experiment and see if she likes it or not. I don't know if it's going to be something like Kylo Ren is manipulating her. Um, I don't know if Palpatine, who is coming back, is going to be manipulating her. Um, there's, There's theories out there right now that Palpatine may be inside the Darth Vader mask and since episode seven, where Kylo Ren is kind of kneeled in front of the Darth Vader mask, he says, I will finish what you started. As though he's kind of hearing his grandfather give him lessons on what he needs to do. But instead of it being Darth Vader in the mask, it's actually Palpatine's spirit inside the mask, which I think is a really cool theory. So maybe... Maybe Ray eventually comes into contact with that mask during episode nine and she turns to the dark side for just a little bit, but maybe she learns the error of her ways and brings herself back to the light side. Because again, in episode nine, we see her with the dark lightsaber, with the red lightsaber and the dark robes, the dark black robes, just like Anakin wore in episode three. But then we also see her um, on that water planet. I can't remember what it's called. What is that water planet called? Anybody know? Just shout it out right now. Okay, so I looked online, and apparently the ocean moon is called Kefbeer. So if I'm not mistaken, Kefbeer is close to the planet of Endor, but it is a totally different moon where the Death Star wreckage can be found. So in that scene itself, you can see that Rey is wearing her white robes again. So I think we're going to be playing around with Rey um, choosing different types of moralities. Um, and I, you know, I think towards the end of the film, she's going to be in her white robes again, potentially, but I don't know. I haven't seen the film. If I could go in the future and watch it, I would, but I'm not going to. Um, so yeah, that is Dark Ray and the morality. Um, there's also an interesting dagger that we can see in the final trailer. There's a point where Kylo Ren and Ray are not it doesn't even look like they're fighting it looks like they are smashing the Darth Vader suit or what was left of it and in one hand Ray has her blue lightsaber Anakin's lightsaber but in the other hand Ray has this dagger and we have no idea what this dagger is there's a lot of Star Wars fans that are speculating that it is um, a old item from the old canon called the Mortis Dagger Um, And the Mortis Dagger, or the Dagger of Mortis, um, was a mystical weapon that resided on the altar uh, of the planet of Mortis, hence the name. Um, So the, the dagger itself was kept by the daughter and the son um who represented the light and the dark side of the force and the father um basically was the the balance that held the daughter and the son from killing each other essentially um and that represented the different sides of the force um so we don't know if it's the mortis dagger personally i doubt it because unless you're listening to this podcast or you have read a bunch of the old star wars books you probably wouldn't even know what the mortis dagger is Um, so i highly doubt it but there's probably some kind of story behind it that we are going to learn in the rise of skywalker and then there's also this this scene um with c-3po where he said where um 
Poe Dameron's looking at him and he says, what are you doing there, C-3PO? And he's kind of hooked up to this uh, this machine um, with all these wires that are going into the back of his head. And C-3PO says, I'm taking one last good look, sir, at my friends. And then the, you know, the music just comes on and it's so emotional. But I'm not quite sure if he's actually going to sacrifice himself in The Rise of Skywalker or if he's or if this is just another bait and switch, you know, Disney's very good at creating these trailers, making you think it's one thing. And then when you watch the movie, it's completely different, which I am totally fine with, because let me tell you, there are a lot of movies out there that will spoil the entire plot in the trailer. And then there's no point in going to see the movie. So for years, you know, when episode seven started coming out, Uh, when that teaser trailer came out. For the longest time, I was only watching the teaser trailer and I was calling it a day. I wouldn't watch any other trailers until, you know, the movie came out. Once the movie came out and I watched the movie, then I would go back and watch the trailers just to see how, uh, how much spoilers they had in them. And what I found is that, you know, ever since episode seven, they really don't show any spoilers. Disney is doing a very good job of creating trailers that don't have hardly any spoilers at all. We don't even know what's going on in these trailers. But they also do this bait and switch thing where they make you think of one thing and it's completely different in the movie, which I think is great. It's so great because it makes me think, it makes me excited for the film. It makes me want to see the film, but I have to wait because Disney wants to release it around Christmas time. Um, So going back to C-3PO, I'm not quite sure if he's sacrificing himself or not. Um, I think it would be really powerful if he did, but I have this feeling he's not going to sacrifice himself. I don't think they would reveal something as big as that on a trailer unless they just got really excited. And Daisy Ridley commented on the trailer with Dark Ray, and she said, I'm honestly kind of surprised that they showed that. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if they've gone soft on these trailers over the year. Maybe they just got really excited. J.J. Abrams, you know, he's producing this film. Maybe he just got really excited and he's like, hey, I want you guys to see what I've been working on. And it's great. Um, and then there's a bunch of different ships in in the final trailer. And a lot of those ships for fans of Star Wars that watch everything outside of the movies and read the books, you'll probably find a lot of ships uh, from other different parts of the franchise. So, um, if you're, if anybody is interested in reading the expanded lore of Star Wars, I highly recommend at least watch the TV shows just to give you something more, just to give you a little taste. I'll tell you what, there is one piece of Star Wars, of Star Wars expanded universe that is a TV show that I highly recommend that you check out if you are a really big fan of the Skywalker storyline, which is the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars does a phenomenal job of showing Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi going through the Clone Wars, which is between episodes two and three, and kind of showing the fall of Anakin during that time period and how he kind of turns into Darth Vader over time. It is definitely a very good piece of media. And... If it makes you even more comfortable, it is the last piece of Star Wars that George Lucas ever touched. And in my opinion, it's definitely one of the best pieces of Star Wars that he's touched. Um, So 
highly recommend that. Go check it out. There is a movie that comes before the TV series. Personally, I would skip the movie. Just go straight to the TV series. You don't really need it. All you need to know is that Anakin actually has a pad actually obtains a Padawan named Ahsoka Tano. And that's about it. Other than that, you can just start the series and and kind of get into it. Um, so really good show. Highly recommend it. So um, there's also going to be a couple new Star Wars developments outside of Disney Plus in the upcoming years. The Skywalker Saga, which is episodes one through nine, is not going to be the last trilogy in the Star Wars series. It is going to be the last set of films that focus on the Skywalker family, but it is not going to be the last trilogy. So Ryan Johnson, who directed episode eight, which is a very controversial film, controversial, that's a hard word to say, controversial. It's definitely a very controversial film. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Personally, for me, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite film. I think it was a really interesting film. It it definitely has uh, one of the best lightsaber fights in the entire franchise. Um, But yeah, no, I I didn't think it was that bad of a film. So Ryan Johnson is going to be directing a trilogy. We don't know what the storyline is. My guess for what that trilogy is going to be about is if you watch the end of episode eight, there is that kid that was in the stables with those horse creatures. I can't remember what they're called. I'm totally spacing it right now. Um, But you can kind of see him looking up in the stars and there is a, a, I think there's a shooting star in the sky and he looks over at this broom and he actually puts his hand out and the broom comes to him because he can use the force, which I think is so cool. And then, you know, as he's looking up at the stars, he looks at this ring that's on his finger, which Rose gave to him, and he opens it up and there's a rebel symbol. So I think that's kind of a a little teaser into what Ryan Johnson's gonna be working on next. I think he's gonna be focused on this kid and how he develops as a Jedi um, throughout the new trilogy, but, um, we'll, we'll see how that happens. Um, there was also some recent news last week, um, about Benioff and Weiss, who were the directors of Game of Thrones. Um, they were also going to have a trilogy, um, in a couple years, um, but it got canceled. Um, Benioff and Weiss left due to, Um, controversy with Disney. They had a lot of disagreements on how they wanted the show to go. And they, I believe they started working with Netflix after they got fired from Disney. So I, you know, I don't know what is up with Disney lately. They don't seem to like directors that work in pairs. Um, We also had Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Uh, who directed the Lego movie, they originally were producing Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, But I guess they were doing too many reshoots because they wanted to get it just right. And Disney was like, hey, we really don't want to invest this much money into shooting the same scene 30 times. So they brought in uh, Ron Howard, uh, who is a famous director, directed Apollo 13. You can see him in Happy Days. You can also see him in the Andy Griffith show as a little kid, um, as Opie. 
So Ron Howard has definitely been in the film industry for quite a while, but he is one hell of a director, I will say that. He did a fantastic job with Solo, a Star Wars story. And I found out the other day, I was reading through a couple articles, I was curious about how much they, um, how much they changed about Solo, a Star Wars story, once Phil Lord and Chris Miller um, left. And according to Ron Howard, it was the exact same movie. So that really gave me a sense of comfort um, in terms of that. So yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed the Benioff and Weiss series got canceled. I know a lot of people were really angry with the last season of Game of Thrones uh, because they said it felt rushed. Um, and I think that's just because, you know, they were excited to work for Disney and, and get started on Star Wars. Uh, but it's really kind of sad. You know, it, I haven't watched the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm only on season three. But uh, yeah, it's definitely sad. They they rushed through the final season of Game of Thrones. A lot of people were angry with the ending. Um, and now they're not directing Star Wars anymore. So I, I was really kind of disappointed. I was hoping that they would do The Old Republic. And it's possible that Disney's still going to pursue that. There's a lot of fans that want to... Um, there's a lot of Star Wars fans that want the Old Republic to become canon again. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, the Old Republic is essentially 2,000 years before episode one, um, and it can go even further back than that. Um, but what's really interesting about the Old Republic is that in episodes one through nine, there is a, a rule of two that is established for the Sith. So there can only be two Sith at one time. You can see this throughout the films. You've got Darth Sidious and Darth Maul. Darth Maul gets destroyed, and then you have Darth Sidious and Count Dooku, um, and then you have Darth Sidious and Darth Vader after Count Dooku gets defeated. Just kind of stuff like that. But in the Old Republic, that's not true. There's all kinds of Sith everywhere, and it was really hard to control them. So I'm hoping they bring that back. I think that would be a really good change of pace. And I think, I think after Episode Nine, Star Wars movies, we're gonna start seeing that they get a little bit better. Because the problem with the sequel trilogy is that it's got a lot of baggage, okay? It's got over 40 years of baggage that it has to live up to. The prequel movies were, you know, some people liked them, some people didn't. I grew up around that time, so I really liked the prequel movies. Um, a lot of people don't, which is fine. You can like whatever you like in Star Wars. That's okay, um, and, and the same thing with the sequel trilogy. There's kids growing up today that really like the sequel trilogy because that's what they grew up with. And there's some people that don't like the sequel trilogy, and that's okay. Again, it's it's all about baggage. But, you know, when we start watching shows like The Mandalorian, Obi-Wan Kenobi series, The Clone Wars, they don't have that baggage necessarily. They can go wherever they want. The directors have full creative control over the movies, and I think the quality is going to go up. Look at Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Fantastic film. It had a little bit of baggage, and the only baggage it had was um, being right before episode four. That was it. That was the only baggage, but it was an amazing film, and a lot of people liked it. Same thing with Solo, A Star Wars Story. It had a couple of 
pieces of baggage from the original trilogy, but it really didn't have that much. So it ended up being a fantastic film. So I can't wait to see where Disney is going to take Star Wars in the future. I can't wait to watch Disney Plus for free for a year for any Verizon customers. And um, so, yeah, that that is just about it for today's podcast episode. I know it's a lot longer. It's about twice as long as I normally do podcasts of. But I think I would eventually like to get up to a point where maybe I'm 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Um, I'll just have to find some different topics. So if there's something you guys want me to talk about, feel free to post in the comments below um, or send me a message. Uh, through any of my social media feeds. I'm primarily on Twitter. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe, give me a like, and ring that notification bell to get notifications every single time. If you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, please uh, give me a good review if you really like this and let me know how well I'm doing on this show. Now, I believe at the time of release of this episode, um, I have this on YouTube and Spotify and Anchor. I'm currently getting approvals for Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, but those are coming soon. I can't wait to release that because there's gonna be a lot of people um, that you know have their own platform that they like to listen to podcasts to, and I want it to be easily accessible for you guys. So again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, I'm gonna try and and get some guest stars on here soon in the next couple of episodes, do a few collab podcast episodes, and I think that'll be really exciting because we can start doing some interviews and getting somebody else's perspective besides my own. So again, thank you everybody so much for listening. Um, I'll see you guys next time on the Nerd Persona Podcast.